0: Hello, and welcome once again to a brand new episode of Cinemaholics. I am not to usual host John Negroni, who is unfortunately absent, but me, your regular co-host Will Ashton, a features writer for Collider, and thankfully I'm not here alone. I have my good buddy, and let's see, so you wanted to be called an avid film watcher. I remember that. I'm trying to remember what else we were saying before we started this, but... um we
1: throughout Cinema Lover, so yeah. That cinema is. Lover, yeah. Either, either <laughs> one works, yeah.
0: <laughs> a fan of movies. It's Mike Zer, my good friend. How you doing, man? I am.
1: I am wonderful. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, I'm glad you get be here because um, yeah, you were saying this is the first time you've ever been on a podcast, right?
1: Yes, this is my first, very first time. So yeah, we'll see how it goes.
0: Yeah, it's, I, I'm very excited that this podcast can be a source for people to like start podcasting because this has happened at least like a couple times. Like people I know can start their podcasting history or whatever the word would be through this and it's, it's very exciting for me because it's like yeah you know it's like you're kind of like entering a new era or something i don't know it's very exciting for me i don't know what it is
1: but i like Great. it i mean from here on out, i might just start doing podcasts for yeah why not we'll, we'll see you never know yeah so.
0: <laughs> i mean it's fun for me too because like We've had so many discussions about films after years. You, If listeners oh, yeah. don't know, Mike's the guy who regularly comes with me to, like, anytime I have an advanced screening, you're the first person I ask, because you're usually available and willing to see pretty much anything <laughs> that yeah. I have uh, screenings for, which is very fortunate though. The sad thing is that a lot of times the screenings I do get are never for, like, you know, the good movies, like, I don't know, like, uh, what's coming up now that looks good or is going to be good. Um, like, Banshee's Virgin hearing that movie is amazing. Haven't heard a word about the screenings for that. Tar, there are screenings. I I can't get one for the life of me that, that can work but a movie like Amsterdam which is our main discussion for this week the new film by David O. Russell is a film I got a screening to and thankfully you could join me but uh, yes. as we'll discuss <laughs> in a bit maybe not the, the best film to get a screening for.
1: <laughs> no, but hey, at least it was it was free so can't That's complain. true, yeah.
0: yeah i mean that's they should put that on the poster at least it was uh yeah so um yeah anyway uh, i'll just say if you want more episodes cinemaholics you can always find the full archive at cinemaholics.com which is where we have written reviews video reviews regular episodes bonus material whatever you want you can find it there but enough about the podcast let's just talk about the movies themselves. Or more specifically, let's talk about one that hasn't come out yet, but is going to come out, I think, in April? Is that when this movie's coming out? Yeah, yeah. I think April 7th. Yeah, so, after a long delay, we finally got our first look at the upcoming Illumination Mario movie, or more accurately, the Super Mario Brothers movie, I believe, is what they're calling it right now. Um, Which... Uh, it's a film that I've been cautiously optimistic. I don't know if that's the right phrase to use, but I feel like I've been nervous, dreading, and excited for this movie all at once since it was announced. What's your relationship with this film?
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, kind of the same thing. Grew up playing the Mario games, and <laughs> it's a character very uh, near and dear to my heart. So, you know, uh, same boat as you. i definitely definitely uh, nervous but excited at the same time. And now that we have the trailer, you know, kind of some of those fears and everything have kind of come to light with, Mm -hmm. with some, some choices they made with the casting and things like that. But, you know, um, yeah, right. Yeah. I mean, it's, but like we talked, you know, we talked a little bit about it, like the the art style, I think they kind of nailed and, you know, some of the character models look really nice. Um, but right. Overall, uh, yeah, still just very curious to see how it all pans out and how it plays out. So,
0: yeah, well I was going to ask you have you seen the the 90s one I, I know we've talked about it but I forget if you've seen it.
1: Yes, I have. Yeah, and I, okay. um as as a child I thought that was just um, you know, that was just Mario to me like I I don't think I even thought it. they were connected like the two the video game and the movie. Um, you know, I just was like, oh, that's just a totally different thing that's just named Mario and then as I got yeah. older, I re- you know, like you watch me as a kid and you're like, oh yeah, this is fantastic and mm-hmm. then you find out how horribly panned it was you know right. how, how horribly it was received you know like oh yeah i guess that was kind of trash so
0: <laughs> right i was thinking about this this week especially with the trailer out um that 93 movie the one with bob hoskins and john ligazamo i think that might have been the first time i watched a movie and didn't like it i can't remember exactly if it was like one of the first but i just remember very vividly like mario or more specifically Mario Party Two. I think is the very first video game I ever played. That's like the very first time I remember like getting a game, getting excited about playing a video game, and playing it relentlessly. Just being like, oh, okay, like this is what the joy of video games are. And when I heard there was like a Mario Brothers movie, I was like, oh, it's like you know, merging of the two worlds. Like I can finally like see this thing I love in my favorite art form, the cinema. And I was like, this is gonna be great. This is gonna, like gonna be one of my favorite movies. And I just remember there's like a cold opening where they're, they're explaining like how dinosaurs transformed into like these lizards in the sewers. And there was like a dinosaur with like a Brooklyn accent or something. Is this all sounding right to you from your sort recollection? It's,
1: it's been a very long time since <laughs> I've seen it. But yeah, I mean, that does sound vaguely familiar now that you're explaining it. Right. So.
0: I, just, I just remember that was like the moment just like I had this feeling of dread that kind of came over me. And I was just like, oh, no, like this isn't this isn't right. Like, this what's going on, and then, like, I see you know, I didn't take any issue with uh Bob Hoskins as Mario. I mean, obviously, I love Two Frame Roger Rabbit. I was like, he makes sense, you know, he's Mario and John Legazamo, Sid from Ice Age. He competed with Luigi. I took no issue with this, but I was right. just like, why is Bowser a human? Like, why is he this Trump adjacent guy? I, I don't think I was making that comparison at that age, but like, <laughs> yeah, I was like, what's going on? Like, that's not Bowser and it's like,
1: well, was, was, he a dinosaur? Or was he King Koopa?
0: That's I think, yeah, I think they might've called him King Koopa. I, I'm kind of going off of hazy recollections. I've probably only right. watched this movie once. Uh,
1: yeah. Which um, I, but I think Bowser is the King Koopa in a way right. or whatever. So it's the same thing, I guess, but I don't, I don't think he was officially called Bowser, but I could be wrong. Yeah. Cause he didn't have like Goombas or anything in the movie. Right. It was just like the Koombas. No, they the- they did. Right. <sighs> weren't they, weren't like the big dudes. Goombas, like they were the opposite of what Goombas are, or were those were those the Koopas. I I, feel.
0: I think you're right. It's just been a while since I've seen this movie. Since
1: clearly either, yeah. us, either of us has seen it. So, yeah. Um, in any
0: case, um, that's a long-winded way of me saying uh, I've been very nervous about the return of Mario to the movies. But in my head, I've always been like, well, that movie failed because like they took all the wrong lessons from the game. Like, it's all dark, it's not colorful, it's not fun, it's not springy like the games are. And when I heard that they were finally making a CG anime movie, it's like, okay, perfect. Like, you know, through the wonders of CG, as the games are, you know, you can finally make this big, large, colorful, you know, wondrous world into a, a cinematic playground. And when I heard Illumination got involved, I was like, okay, I mean, like, I really hope they don't minionize this, but you know, they have the, the capital to make a blockbuster out of this. Hopefully it doesn't uh, turn out for the worse. And then they announce the cast. And that's where I remember feeling that kind of anxiety, I guess, if that's a word for the film. Right. Because, yeah, we got...
1: Confusion.
0: Yeah, confusion, I guess, is a better <laughs> word. Yeah, because, like, you got Chris Pratt as Mario, which is just... It's not even that it's bad, it's just confusing. And like you said, it's just like, well, Chris Pratt? <laughs> like, I mean... Nothing against, like, the Lego movie or anything. Like, obviously, he can be a talented voice actor, but, like, Mario? And then you have, like, Charlie Day as Luigi, which makes a little bit more sense. A little odd still, but makes sense. Right. Anya Taylor-Joy as Peach, no issue. I mean, it makes sense, I guess. As you, I think you're mentioning before, Jack Black as Bowser, which, yeah, I mean, that sounds like good casting no issue yeah,
1: there p- put and jack like, black in more stuff honestly so oh yeah
0: i mean because he was like <laughs> flirting with retirement at one point maybe he still is but um i hope he isn't because he's one of our great talents and then you have like seth rogan as uh dk and it's like i don't know i just it just is a very it, it i i worry because you know it's kind of the dreamworks effect where it's like are they picking these people because they're right for the part or are they picking them because they look attractive on the poster,
1: in like a DreamWorks 2000s era sort of right. way? Right, right. Just just their name looks attractive on the poster because their faces—it's right. animated film, right? They're not going to yeah. be on the poster, so exactly, yeah. So, right. but I mean, and, I, yeah.
0: Uh, but I want to give them the benefit of the doubt because, like you know, like I said, Chris Pratt's proved himself as a voice actor. Maybe he has the chops. I don't know. They, they're very secretive about this voice. I remember
1: uh, right. revealing it. But uh, like, what, what yeah. you compared it to was the the Lego movie, which, you know, that's just a Emmett, a, a generic character. He's not portraying an iconic character in pop culture. So, like, yeah, I mean, I guess we sh- mm-hmm. we'll see if he has it has what it takes to, you know, portray right. somebody that everybody has an image of what he should sound like in their head, you know. Mm-hmm. So, right. I guess we'll see.
0: Yeah. Um, and we should say, uh, I have to look up his name, but the original voice actor for Mario. It's uh, uh, Charles
1: Charles Mar- Martinet or something like that.
0: Yeah, he is in the film, to be fair.
1: Oh, is he? OK.
0: Uh, it hasn't been disclosed what role he's going to be. It's rumored that he's going to play Mario and Luigi's father, which would make sense. Like, if they're, like, supposed to be sort of second generation Mario Brothers, uh, you know, like, born and raised in America, that would maybe explain why they went with Charlie Day and Chris Pratt as far as, like, you know, not traditional Italian actors, as it were. Um, But, yeah, now we've heard the voice, I want to hear from you, like, what was your reaction when you watched the trailer and you finally got a chance to hear what Chris Pratt was bringing to the fold as Mario?
1: Uh, So... Before this podcast, I went back and rewatched it, the trailer again, um, and I was really confused because he says one line, the first line he says is like "Where am I?" or something, and it's just like standard Chris Pratt voice, no like right voice, you know, no, no like change was like Jack Black changes his voice up for Bowser, it sounds great, mm-hmm. but like he's just sounds like Chris Pratt. And then in the next shot, when he's like jumping on those mushrooms, he says like uh, "Mushroom Kingdom, here we come," and it's like yeah a smidge of like an Italian accent or something, you know, some kind of like Brooklyn accent maybe or something. And mm-hmm. it's like, uh, was it, Do they just pick two weird, like scenes that mesh together that they didn't, you know, it just sounded weird or like which, which voice we're we going to get out of Chris Pratt here, I guess, you know, that's, I'm just confused. you know, just to harp back on what we said earlier, just confusion mm-hmm. still, I guess, I right. guess, you know, we haven't seen enough, but the first little tidbits they gave us are weird, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, <laughs> I agree. Uh
0: well for one I thought it was very bizarre that they didn't take that opportunity to have Mario say "Mamma Mia" when he came into uh oh yeah uh, Mushroom Kingdom right but, you know it seemed like a given but you know maybe they didn't want to reveal that in the teaser but um, <laughs>
1: they're saving that yeah
0: yeah but yeah I mean the joke I keep seeing is that uh you know that second line that you're referring to. It's like Mario is doing an impression of Linda from Bob's Burgers. Yes, I saw
1: that too, yep. (laughs) Which, I mean,
0: (laughs) I don't know. I mean, it's a choice. It's, you know, I think I'd prefer that over just traditional Pratt, like, it's me, Mario voice. I'd rather he do something exaggerated, but of the two, I don't know which one's really better per se.
1: Yeah, I mean... And it wasn't until I saw the internet comparison of that second one that I, you know, now you can't unhear it once, (laughs) once you hear it again. So when I, when I first heard that, the first one I watched the trailer, I was like, oh yeah, that sounds, you know, fine. He's at least trying, he's trying something. And then, yeah, once I saw the Linda, Linda Belcher thing, that's, you know, that's all I can hear now. So. Right.
0: Mushroom kingdom, here we come. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I don't know. I mean. I guess it's my general roundabout thoughts. It's a teaser, so you don't... It's hard to, like, speculate too much at this point, but uh, were there any other thoughts you had about the, the trailer Besides what we've talked about already?
1: Uh, I mean, just coming from, you know, a fan of the games and everything, I was glad they showed, you know, a lot of smaller characters and things that were going to be in it. Like, you know, we got um, the the Penguins, the Koopas, the, even, you know, when they're the Dry Bones chasing Luigi at the end there, and we only got a tiny little bit of... Um, charlie day's voice as luigi which was just kind of like uh it was just like an expression It wasn't even like a, a line it wasn't even yeah. a word he just screamed <laughs> i think right yeah like, yeah ah! yeah it's just like exactly you know, yeah um uh, yeah but yeah overall i think it it looks really good like it looks really nice oh, it yeah. looks like i mean it's, i think the whole problem is aside from mario like i feel like everything about the mario even you know the casting and the his character model, like, looks kind of a bit off. But, like, Bowser looks fantastic, you know, and then every, everybody else, even Luigi looks fantastic. I just feel like, I don't know, something with Mario just doesn't feel right.
0: Yeah, I it took me a minute to figure out what was off about the Mario design, and I realized that he kind of looks like they took the Mario design, but put it on fix Felix from Wreck-It Ralph.
1: Who, right, I thought the same thing, actually, yeah. Yeah, which, I mean...
0: I guess fix it feel. it's supposed to be a parody of sorts of Mario. So that kind of makes sense, but also just kind of, biz- it just doesn't look like what you expect Mario, but it's like not wrong. It's just like off. It's very bizarre.
1: <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And like, even to, you know, along with more internet things, I- I've seen people tweaking of the design slightly and like, it just, they either like extended his torso or like condensed his torso, gave him a little more of a belly or something. And like, just that. And like, maybe like, um, shrinking his face a little bit, just like the little like tweaks made him look, you know, more like the Mario you're expecting. So yeah, maybe we'll have another Sonic situation where <laughs> enough people complain and then they'll redo the whole Mario, um, character model, I guess.
0: Character design, I guess. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. It just got, yeah. I mean, it reminds me, there's a, a mini game in Mario party 2 where you can like contort like you in a competitive fashion, you have to like contort a character's face Oh right! Like look, and it kind of looks like they did that with Mario. Like they like puffed out the cheeks, expanded like the the jawline and the nose, and I don't know. It just yeah, it's just like it's a, it's only slightly off, but it's off enough where it, it you you have this set image of Mario from like forty years of video games. It's just like if you just change it enough, it just it, it's a little bit irksome. But in a way, I feel like I can't complain. But it's just like it still doesn't seem quite right. <laughs> um, right. But, oh, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I agree with you. Like, animation-wise, I think it looks stunning. I, I just think it's cool. It, it, like, looks like a blockbuster. It's, like, an animated film, but it, like, looks like it, you know it, it's huge. It's going to be, like, expansive. I mean, we only have two mini-scenes here. But, I mean, I, I hope it just looks like the-, the Mario movie I've wanted since I was a kid, <laughs> certainly. The one I wanted from the 93 version. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's too early to say with confidence that it's going to work. But I'm not... I mean, I want to see more, which is, you know, the sign of a, an effective teaser, but yeah, it, it's, it's, uh, I'm still feeling anxious and excited at the same time.
1: Right. Right. I, I agree with you. Yeah. I mean, I obviously wait till we see more, but for right now, yeah, still a little bit on the fence, I guess.
0: Yeah. And well, I guess we'll just have to reconvene when there's a official trailer or second teaser or whatever is going to come up next. But yeah, I mean, hoping for the best, uh, maybe, maybe not expecting the worst, given what we've seen in '93, but right, just hoping it's an improvement at the very least. If, if they can just clear that bar, then we're gonna get somewhere. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, at least look wise, they're there. So, <laughs>
0: yeah. I mean, I feel at least confident that, like, yeah, like you mentioned, their Sonic, there was like tech the Pikachu a couple years ago. Like, we're getting to a point now where video game movies are getting better. I don't know if we've gotten, like, the first official good or even great video game adaptation film yet, but progress is being made. Like, we're getting there kind of gradually, I guess. It took 30 years, but it's coming along. <laughs> uh, right. Uh, unless you disagree. I don't, I don't know. Do you have any strong video game film adaptation opinions?
1: No, I mean, right. I'm, I'm with you there. I mean, yeah, It's we've definitely had a lot of not great ones throughout the years. I feel like, yeah, the, the, you know, it's almost like you need to stick with, you know, video games are an animated art form, I guess, in a way as well. So it's almost stick with the animation, you know, so that it's, it, it translates better, I guess. Right.
0: Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, the the, the biggest hurdle it's been found of late is just that, like, how do you recapture that excitement that you feel playing a video game in film form? Like, you, you know, so many other video game movies have just like kind of, tried to copy and paste it but you know taking out the the controller and so you're just like basically watching someone play the video game you like but you're not able to play it and so <laughs> that's been, kind of been the trouble for you know most of the the past uh video game adaptations that we've seen but now we're it seems like at least they're just kind of taking a traditional f- story format certainly like you know the, the story of Sonic or the story of Detective Pikachu isn't especially novel but They're competent, like they they feel like films and, you know, it, it takes like the appeal of those characters, but gives it a, you know, cinematic flourish, which is undeniably, you know, progress, but I, I don't know if that's going to be the case for Super Mario Brothers movie or if it's just going to be a big step down, I guess we'll see.
1: Yeah. I mean, time will tell for sure. So yeah. Yeah. I guess that's enough about
0: Mario, unless you have any other <laughs> big thoughts. I feel like Amsterdam is just awaiting.
1: No, yeah. I mean, that's that's enough. I mean, we'll, uh, till, till then, I'll keep playing some Mario games and enjoying it until, sure. you know, we see what happens. So,
0: do you have a favorite Mario game?
1: Uh, I feel like, you know, you had mentioned Mario Party 2 or whatever, which mm-hmm. was probably on N64, I believe. Yep. And, you know, we're from that same generation, obviously, growing up mm-hmm. on N64. I feel like mine's, uh, Mario 64. Like just the, um, you know, just the 3D, you know, platform game yeah. or whatever. It was, you know, that's just an iconic childhood memory, nostalgia for me. So, yeah, that's probably my favorite one.
0: All right, fair enough. And that's, if I had to guess, honestly, that's probably my second favorite already. So, I think, I think we're pretty much in line in that, at least as far as like the video games are concerned. Though I, I guess we don't disagree about the trailer either. So, we're, we're in agreement all around. So, right. Yeah. There we go.
1: <laughs> Very yeah. agreeable so far. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, let's see if that continues. <laughs> uh, doing a transition here into Amsterdam, the new film, as I mentioned, from writer director David O. Russell. Um, so you have kind of uh, you don't have that much familiarity we were talking about with David O. Russell, is that right?
1: Yeah, that's right. I think the only thing I've seen was American Hustle, which I've only seen about half of it. So okay, yeah, and so Amsterdam is, now too. But yeah, yeah so
0: <laughs> all right, yes, yeah, so this is the first like full full length a Russell movie you've seen, I guess. I didn't realize that going into this. Right.
1: I, I want to say, cause I know you had, you mentioned a couple other ones and I, may, I think there is one I may have seen. Um oh, silver linings playbook. I have seen that.
0: Okay. I so. was going to say, I mean, if you hadn't, at least I was going to say, cause I think that's probably his best film at this point. I feel like that's kind of the, the, the perfect balance as far as like he has these movies where they sort of mirror the chaos that happens behind the scenes in a weird way. Like they, it's a lot of chaotic energy in the films it's like a very they're all sort of busy they all have these sort of like high-minded characters kind of embittered with each other kind of back and forth but that one's the one where he kind of found a mainstream way to kind of capture that with a character who you know obviously uh is mentally ill but he's able to kind of find this other character who you know he can form this odd sort of uh friendship then relationship with and I don't know. I, I think he's very good with actors. I think he can kind of find that spark, that sort of uh, spot 80 but also just that that um, genuine sense of like charisma and you know star power and and uh, dramatic appeal that can really uh, boost some great performances. Um, if you haven't, I mean, I would recommend Three Kings uh, from the '90s. I mean, there's also uh, I Heart Huckabees, which I think you said you started that one too and didn't like that much.
1: No, I've never, never okay. started that one. I have the fighter on my watch list. Okay, that's it. Yeah, the fighter that's is
0: it, queued up. That one's yeah. really good. Yeah. Um, and then he did most recently before this Joy, which yeah, kind of got a mixed response. I think it's a little bit better than some people give it credit, but it's definitely weaker than his earlier films. It's definitely where you can kind of start to see. The, the fabric, sorry, in the break a little bit. You can kind of tell that he, he's getting a little too big for his britches. And then he took this long break, seven years, and he comes back, you know, with this new movie, Amsterdam, but he's kind of coming into things in a different sort of social, political climate. Like, obviously, he has this reputation that precedes him as far as like being. A notoriously sort of uh, neurotic and hard to work with filmmaker. He had this incident on I Heart Huckabees where he was yelling at at Lily Tomlin. Also, I think yelling at Dustin Hoffman. Uh, He just, he has this history that goes with like, his other movies like uh, American Hustle. Obviously, I think there was an incident with um, Three Kings where George Clooney like punched him or something. He has very chaotic sets. Uh, And, you know, he has this sort of reputation where it's like, okay, like obviously. He's a hard person to work with, but he makes all these films that do well critically and commercially and award season wise. And it's like, okay, you can kind of deal with it because of that. But now is is the star starting to fade a little bit, I guess, with this film. And I feel like it's kind of the straw that broke the camel back the camel's back in some ways. As someone who's watched a lot of his films and gotten to this point. But um yeah, let's kind of break down the plot a little bit. And I want to hear then a little bit more from your reaction and your kind of general opinion on the film. So General plot: uh superstar-studded film, as David Russell films tend to be. This one centers mainly on Christian Bale and John David Washington as two World War One buddies who uh, um, they have these kind of longstanding injuries that they've sustained from the war, but they also have this pact that they formed where they're going to stay friends and stay. Commit to each other through thick and thin, and uh, when their old general dies, played by Ed Bagley Jr., they're called by his daughter, played by Taylor Swift, to do this sort of makeshift autopsy before the funeral because she suspects that there is some foul play that he might have been poisoned or someone might have tampered with his livelihood and well being and uh, some the fair. Nefarious characters are afoot. Uh, of course, they find out that there is some bad stuff happening, but in the process of, you know, disclosing information, some bad things happen, and they get framed for murder. So they're on the run, and they're trying to clear their name. And in the process of doing so, they reconnect with a woman named Valerie, who was a nurse uh, during their time at war, and they kind of also formed a short of, sort of a uh, kingship with her, and they had this three way pact that they would stay by each other's side through thick and thin. Uh that obviously broke a long time ago and now there's this weird sort of uh you know uh odd like they're still friends but there's this you know there's obviously some some conflict blooming blooming between them and that's certainly the case with Valerie and John David Washington's character who I think was his name Howard am I remembering correctly? Um. I, I Harold. <laughs> well, Her- Harold, that's right. Harold <laughs> and Christian Bale, I forgot to mention his name, Bert So, that's the general plot. It's kind of hard to describe cuz like that's like a super busy synopsis and that's like barely cracking the surface of what happens. <laughs> right. Yeah, like it's, there's it's, like I'm yeah.
1: confused now and I've seen the movie, so. Right.
0: Yeah, cuz there's like <laughs> there's flashbacks, flash forward, there's like two or three narrators. Uh, you know, there's all these side characters I didn't even mention. The, the other cast members, there's Anya Taylor Joy, there's Rami Malik, there's Mike Myers, there's Michael Shannon, there's Zoe Saldana, Timothy Oliphant, Andrea Risenborough, uh, Alessandro Navala, um, Robert De Niro, a bunch of other people I can't think of. Uh, yeah, it's a stack cast, and you can certainly see why given O'Russell's pedigree. But I want to hear from you first, Mike. So coming into this film, not having been initiated too much, with O. Russell's style kind of coming in fresh outside of one or two other films. What was your general impression of the film and did it live up to what expectations you had going into it?
1: Right. So being once again, as I've only seen Silver Linings playbook and part of American Hustle and part of the reason I have only seen part of American Hustle is because I didn't enjoy it too much. I thought it was kind of boring from what I can remember. And also too, just to go back, I didn't realize that that was almost 10 years ago. Now that that movie came out, that's, that's insane. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, wow, that's, that's crazy. Um, but so, you know, I had also maybe had heard some of the, um, buzz around this movie before we went to go see it, hearing it wasn't too great. So I was like, great. Another David R. Russell movie stacked cast. That's just going to be not great. And so we saw it. And, you know, obviously, we always talk about we try to go into movies open minded, you know, forget about what people are saying, we're going to go and enjoy it, see what we think about it, come out with their own opinions. Um, but unfortunately, uh, I agreed with what I had heard and what I had thought going into it, which was it was not gonna be great. And that's, <laughs> that's what I thought. So
0: yeah, I mean, I guess I went in slightly more optimistic than you. I'd certainly obviously heard a lot of the reviews. And I didn't walk in knowing anyone who was at least charitably going to bat for it, which is usually a bad sign. Like sometimes we'll see films that are like divisive or like, I hear like at least a couple people being like, yeah, it wasn't that bad. Or like, oh, it's actually pretty good. I don't know why people are uh, bad mouthing it. This one, at least when I went into it, I didn't know anyone that was even like, yeah, it's all right. Like everyone was like at best, like, eh, that was kind of disappointing, which is not a great sign. (laughs) But, uh, you know, like I said, like you said, um, try to go in open-minded hope for the best obviously i like most of his other movies so i'm like okay maybe it'll just be something maybe i'll be the one guy that goes bad for this film and i can't say i am uh because i feel like uh this is the moment where that that chaoticness that the the busyness of russell's style just kind of out- exceed- exceeds him. like In a way that I feel like his other movies have been against the odds, uh, able to kind of make harmony with that sort of chaotic energy, like that that busyness, that sort of, fr- the precision, the friction that happens. I feel like he's kind of able to make a film that's spirited and kind of spunky, and, and kind of has this weird sort of prickly charm to it. I guess I say that certainly being more positive on American Hustle than you are, obviously, but uh yeah, I don't know. I just you, I, you've I guess we've really seen the whole thing. So I Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I've <laughs> I can't seen really the end say. of it. Yeah, I mean I guess with that film, I can at least see the conceit where it's like that movie is very openly copying Scorsese's homework. But that movie it's like kinda like every Scorsese film has this very competent control of style and tone. And it's just like every, even when the characters like a movie like Goodfellas or Wolf of Wall Street, even when the characters are sort of outsized and like kind of full of this rambunctious energy, like the film themselves have very formal and pristine kind of control. And I like that movie. It's kind of like, well, what if the movie sort of matched their, outside personalities, and, like, what if we kind of made a film where the movie itself is sort of representing how kind of self-indulgent and uh oversized and egotistical these characters are? And maybe it's me being very charitable in my read of that film, but I feel like that was my, at least my my perception of what O. Russell was trying to do with that, so I, I feel like I can walk away being, like, even if that doesn't work as well as his earlier films, I can at least appreciate that. But, yeah, I don't know, I mean, like, this seems to have a lot of the same problems I had with joy, which is just that I don't really get the sense of what O'Russell Russell wanted to do with this property. I have an idea of what I think he was trying to go for, but I wanted to hear from you, like having seen the film and, you know, having been able to kind of sit with it for a little bit. Like, what do you think is like his intent? Like, what do you think was his ambition with
1: this story? Uh, Man, I don't know. I'm being put on the spot here. Jeez.
0: Oh, sorry. I didn't mean uh, to put you on the spot. <laughs> no,
1: no, it's fine. <laughs> um, I don't know. I mean, you know, I feel like we talked about it a bit a- afterwards and it was like, you know, it kind of seemed like, and I mean, this is supposed to be a, this is a true story, right? Or like uh, based on a true story. Correct. Like, um, that's what it said. At least I don't know if it's like a Fargo yeah, effect where it's not really at right. all, but
0: um, I, I would say more because Fargo, I think is almost entirely fictitious, but right. Fargo, I think say, is a hundred
1: percent. Right.
0: Right. There's like, so there's a character that Robert De Niro plays called the general and his character is based in fact. And I think there's like a couple event events, like there's like, Without getting too into spoilers, there, there is, like, a secret organization that is shown, like, kind of towards the end of this film that is based in truth, kind of in that historical transition from World War One to World War II. Like, I think that's where the truth lies. But everything else, including, like, the main characters, are entirely fictitious.
1: Right, like, right.
0: It's, it's like, yeah, like, it would be like if the movie Titanic, the only thing that was real was just that there was a ship called the Titanic. Like that, like there's obviously a little bit more to truth in that film, but it'd be like the equivalent of that as far as Amsterdam's relationship to reality.
1: Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's true. I remember at the end too, they did show like that, um, comparison shot with the Nero reading that script or whatever, um, you know, next to the shot of the actual general guy he was playing. So, right. It is true, but right. Like you're saying, it's probably just a lot of, uh, made up stuff in there for sure. Um, but yeah, so I guess go, going along those lines, um, it, you know, it, it tried to kind of make this, I don't know, like a, like a comedy drama out of with a history thing in it, you know, and like it, it, it just, it, he tried to do like too much, I guess. And it, I don't know, for me, it, and a lot of people, I guess it didn't really work out. Um, cause the, the comedy was strange cause there was characters who were being serious and then they right. would, you know try to throw a joke in there. Like, was was that a joke or was that just the, the character being weird? And then, you know, you had people who are comedians like Mike Myers and, uh, it, it, you know, he just seemed out of place almost in this movie. Like it, it, it was just very strange. A lot of the, a lot of the choices for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: I mean, I don't know. I, I haven't heard any interviews or like read anything from O Russell, but the vibe I get from seeing the film is that I think he's trying to tell the story in a sort of pointed and timely way as far as like obviously like i said it's sort of this transition point between world war 1 and world war 2 we have you know the lingering after effects of the first world war are still apparent and pretty obvious as far as like tons of uh, civilians are still you know suffering from these ailments and you know injuries from the war but broadly speaking no one really wants to help them everyone just kind of wants to pretend the war is over with and wants to move on and only a character like uh, Bert, played by Christian Bale, can really accept that because he just lives with these injuries. Like he he can't ignore them because it's his life, and so he's like one of the few people who can, like you know, come to their aid. But he's trying to find this like uh cure all elixir that just doesn't really exist. And it's kind of similar to you know uh, John David Washington and Marco Roby's characters who they had this sort of uh, Nirvana Point in Amsterdam, this kind of safe haven with Christian Bale where it's like they could kind of put the war away and like find this sort of peace that's been absent through most people's lives at this time. And they chose for, you know, multiple reasons to move away from that. And now they're kind of trying to figure out, can they find that point in this place when like the world war, world war two is on the horizon, you know, the the rise of the Nazi party is here and all this stuff. And it's like, can we fight this like rising fascism? And also can we kind of find our own kind of sense of like stability and peace amid, you know, present and future wars, which I think that's just my read. Like, I think that's what Russell was trying to do here, which is obviously like a very present kind of story that you can kind of draw from the past, but like find ripple effects for the now. But I feel like if that was his intent, Like, I have to really search for that. Like, I have to, like, think about that and find it on my own because the film itself is so chaotic and just fussy and trying to, like, do all these different things all these supporting characters and other, you know, personalities that, like, that's just a very small fraction of what's a very large and just sort of, like, unruly film by and large.
1: Right. And now that you just said that, I'm like, oh, yeah, I guess that's what he was probably trying to do. But like my initial explanation just a few minutes ago didn't make any sense. Kind of like the movie, you know, it was like it was all over the place. Right. So
0: (laughs) that's the thing. Right. Is that like I feel like if you ask Devo Russell, he'd probably give you five answers because I don't honestly think he has. Like watch a film. I feel like this is a filmmaker who's like kind of lost in the weeds of what he wants to do. We we were talking about this after film. Like I feel like he probably had an intent when he wrote the film. And, like, when he show up the set, he had an idea, but when he was filming it, he probably, you know, allowed for a lot of improvisation, or he, like, allowed his actors to kind of, like, make up some new lines, or kind of, like, building their characters in different ways, or maybe he didn't even have, like, a fully fleshed out script from the get-go, but, like, when he was filming it, it seemed like he kind of, like, allowed for all these different ideas to come into play, which is fine, you know the the creative process can allow these things. But when he edited it, it just kind of seemed like he cobbled them all together like a stew, and that was like it's like a hodgepodge of all these different things. And when you watch the final film, it just feels like I I don't know like what what's the intent anymore because it seems like you are trying to do six things at once, and they're all sort of contradicting yourself. Like at this at this point at the present point when you when we're watching this film,
1: right? Yeah, and I mean you know after after we saw it, that was definitely a big big thing we discussed was just feeling um le- like they did so many takes and by the end of it they were like what what's even our what's our motive anymore what are we even doing and he's like just keep acting it's great you guys are doing great and like yeah I mean in their own probably you know Rami Malik and Anya Taylor-Joyce characters like in their individual scenes they're they're doing great stuff but when you put it together in the movie it doesn't make sense as a whole I feel like yeah yeah
0: and I don't know. I mean, I certainly found the performances by and large were just very uneven, like I not only in terms of like what they were doing individually, but just like some actors I thought were like fine. Some were like pretty good. Some were like holding their own, but obviously I've seen them do better. And some were just like, you know, I, I thought some people in this movie were just outright bad, <laughs> like embarrassingly so. Uh, but I wanted to hear more directly from you, like what were the performances that stood out to you, like good or bad?
1: Right, yeah. Um, definitely, you know, kind of having more time to think about this movie and seeing, you know, trailers on TV and things like that. Like, Christian Bale, I feel like, knocked out of the park. He was fantastic. Like, memorable. Great, yeah. Like, you know, we've seen a lot of movies that have been not great, and I forget everything about them. But this movie, I definitely feel like his performance, you know, sticks with me. It was it was just great. It was entertaining. And, you know, it was, he did a lot of unique stuff, a lot of creative stuff. And just, you know, he, he got into the character. And, you know, he gave a great performance. But, yeah, everybody else, I mean... And I, I, said this as well. Like John David Washington, I just feel like he just kind of showed up and tried to be like, "Hey, I'm John David Washington." And <laughs> for me, it didn't work. I right. just thought he was flat and not very, you know, believable or just entertaining in general. Um, Margot Robbie, you know, she had okay moments, uh, but I feel like she, there was moments where her her accent kind of came out, like her, you know, a real accent. She, you know, so um, I mean, that's the the main three w- were you know, Christian Bill, fantastic. Those two, <laughs> not so much. Um, and then everyone else, the movie just kind of, I don't know, they were just there. I don't really remember <laughs> too much. Fair enough, about yeah. That.
0: Yeah. And I'm, I'm just curious. Cause like, you know, like, like we said, like this is such a star studded film and obviously like n- most of these cast members we've seen do really great stuff. Obviously I think we kind of disagreed after film, as far as like John David Washington's career co- is concerned. Like I, I think he's you know, done a few films at least where I, I think he's proven himself as a up and coming action or at least a, an upcoming movie star. But yeah, this one, I have to agree with you. I just, yeah, it I found myself kind of asking that question of like, why do I like da- John David Washington? Like, <laughs> like what is he really bringing here? Like watching his films? Like it just, it's hard. Cause it, I mean, you didn't, I guess you didn't notice uh watching the film, but like, obviously he's uh uh David Denzel Washington's son and he's you know he has like maybe you know he he's he got some doors open that other actors wouldn't but he also has to deal with the pressure of like okay you're Denzel Washington's son you're the son of quite possibly our best working movie star show us what you got and you know he's you know sometimes prove himself sometimes not but it's kind of like okay you know if you have that pressure any actor can kind of you know uh stumble as far as like coming into the gate like with those expectations in place but you know like i said like you still kind of want something there like you kind of want that that spark that he brings like even to some of uh his lesser performances you, you can watch like a bad movie with denzel washington you're still like kind of uh magnetized cause it's just like he just does even like a little thing that captures your interest or he like you know he just has that innate movie star charisma that's undeniable and i don't know i feel like john david washington just hasn't gotten that at least not yet at least but um i don't know yeah it's certainly not in this film at least but uh yeah i mean i i definitely agree with you as far as uh margot roby and um christian bale are concerned I, yeah i found roby it, it was kind of like a flighty performance like it, it just seemed like you know like she holds her own fine in certain scenes but i just never like if you tried to like if or sorry if i tried to like break her performance down and like explain five things about a character, I would fall short of three. Like I don't really have much against. Like I know she was a nurse. I know that she had like a love affair with the uh, um John David Washington's character. And like I know that she's on hard times now. But it's like I don't, I don't know if that's a failure of like underwriting the character or just her just not really bringing a whole lot to this performance that she's brought into other far better films, but yeah, I just it just was uh underwhelming in that respect. But yeah, I don't know. Christian Bale still as ever just I, he brings this innate, you know, physicality to his uh performances, this like, you know, sense that like I feel like every single Christian Bale performance is different from one another, but every Christian Bale performance is truly a Christian Bale performance. Like I can't imagine anyone else but him kind of doing what he does with a film. And it's a sort of this uh singular ability of his that uh i thought really stood out here because everyone else was uh not bringing it <laughs> so it's just <laughs> proved once more it's like oh yeah that's why he's like one of our great working movie actors right yeah i mean
1: exactly and i mean i just want to go back to the uh john David washington thing i don't know for me at least i i was calling it the brad pitt effect because i feel like brad pitt just shows up and he's like i'm brad pitt what's up let's go but like it's same thing with you know denzel he's he's they're both huge guys have proven themselves in great movies and like they they can do that they can just show up and they're like oh my god i love this movie because you're because you're brad pitt or you're denzel but like for me john david washington isn't i mean yeah i I enjoyed tenet i thought he was fine in that but yeah i haven't really seen i mean you mentioned uh what black black klansman and um yeah i remember i i can't really remember him in that movie so i can't can't say anything about it but um yeah i just well i guess it proves your point then uh, <laughs> right, right there you go yeah uh yeah so i just i don't know i just now it makes more once you told me that he was denzel's son i was like it makes total sense now because i didn't think anything special of him from the moment i saw him so <laughs> hmm. nepotism at work right here
0: fair enough um i don't know i i'm still gonna go bad for him but i agree if, like <laughs> he, he has to that next performance of his has to do something because i mean this I'm not seeing it with this one, unfortunately, but, um, yes. I'll, I'll go bat for some of the supporting players at least. Um, I mean, I feel, I have, I, I, I feel obligated at least to bring up Mike Myers, uh, who I thought was pretty fun this. I mean, you know, has maybe like four scenes in total, but I thought, you know, he's the only one that really seems to like kind of be clued in on like what he's supposed to do and like, you know, bring, he, he's more successful with his comedic beats. than I think most other actors are in this movie uh, certainly kind of compared to some of the, the starrier performances who were trying to be funny. Like, uh, you know, I, I love Anya Taylor joy, but I don't really know what she's trying to do in this movie. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, uh, you know, bless her heart for trying, but just like, I don't know what's going on. Same with the uh, Alessandro Navola, who, I mean, I thought he was great. And um, do you ever see the art of self-defense?
1: Well, I got to look up who this guy is. Cause I don't even know. Was he the Fair one pop
0: guy? Yeah, he was like the the bumbling cop.
1: Right. Okay. Yeah. No, I've never seen that movie, but yeah, I was gonna bring up him as well because I didn't know what his what his whole deal was either. <laughs> right. Like they kept focusing
0: on him in a way it's just like, is he like gonna be important? Or is he just like supposed to be funny? I and mean, it's just like I don't know, it's just like constant dead air when he's around. Like he just keeps fumbling and it's like supposed to be like uproarious and it's just like, okay, can we just Move this along so we can get back to the mystery plot that we're supposed to be telling here. I thought,
1: <laughs> right? Yeah, uh, like, yeah. Like the scene when he—I don't—he know, he picked up a some kind of glass thing and he almost broke it or something. It, and there was right. like, yeah, a beat, and you're like, okay, it was was that supposed to be a joke or like, right, right? So yeah, it, it was very very strange. Didn't right. didn't get his whole shtick. Yeah, but um, I don't know. I mean, I thought like
0: Zoe Saldana, you know, her scenes were pretty strong. Like, I mean. I don't know. I thought there was like kind of like a like a tenderness to her performance that was sort of lacking in most of the other parts of this film. Like, for a film that's, like, constantly so busy, constantly kind of just trying to fill the frame with stuff. I appreciate that her moments were kind of allowed to breathe a little bit and just kind of be present in a way that most of the other movie just wasn't. <laughs> like, it was just kind of, like, constantly, like, anxious to, like, do stuff. Like, it felt like it, it couldn't, like, just lay idle in a way that her scenes were able to be a little bit more contemplative and, you know, reserved. Uh, but other than that, yeah, I don't know. I can't say anyone else in this cast, other than De Niro, who, you know, De Niro's De Niro. He's going to be good. It's it's noteworthy if he's bad and he's not bad in this film. So uh, yeah, everyone else I thought, yeah, just was, uh, if not a disappointment, just underwhelming at the very least. I mean, certainly like, Malik, I, I feel like him and Mike Myers should stop working together because <laughs> I, I guess. Well, you liked uh, Bohemian Rhapsody, I guess. So I, I I won't badmouth that movie too
1: much if you're a fan, but um, yeah, I I mean I remember enjoying it. That's, fair enough. That's all I can say about that. So,
0: and I mean, you know who else enjoyed it? Who? The Academy of Motion Pictures and Sciences. <laughs> they gave it like two Oscars, right?
1: The At only least. the only people who matter, right? Yeah. So.
0: <laughs> they love the editing and Rami Malik's performance at the very least. So That's right. Uh, yeah. I think mean, so, they did get other Oscars. I can't
1: even remember anymore, but um Yeah, I can't remember either. But yeah, that's right. He did win, yeah, best uh, yeah, best, best actor, actor for that. So yeah, I mean yeah. it was just it so, was the teeth. It was all the teeth.
0: Yeah, it was the teeth and the accent. <laughs> um, right. and uh, him lip singing some of the greatest songs ever performed. So that's the way he went an Oscar, I guess. I mean, if you if you ever wanted to know, take notes. Uh, that's how you do it, <laughs> yeah, you do it. Um, I don't know so I, I don't think anyone's going to be listening to me but heed my advice I'd say Mike Myers next time you pick a project your next film you know I think he does like a film now like every four years I feel like like it's like Inglorious Bastards and then Bohemian Rhapsody and now this film
1: so longer than four maybe eight years I don't even know right yeah I mean I mean you know I just think we have to be happy he's on the big screen, right? I mean, just yeah. just to see him and stuff. So, I mean, if he keeps getting casted with uh, Rami Malek, just you know, so be it. At least he's <laughs> at least he's getting work, right? <laughs> at least he's working. So I don't know. I'm just saying. I mean,
0: one of the, in my opinion, one of these those three films I mentioned were good, and one of them didn't have Rami Malek. So I think people can kind of, uh, you know, figure out what's happening there.
1: But right, right, and, uh, and two of them involved, um, you know, World Nazis? War II esque things. Yeah, yes, exactly. So look yeah. at that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> there you go um yeah so i don't know i mean do you have any other kind of thoughts about the film we can kind of start wrapping up unless you have anything else to uh, say
1: no i mean i'm just going through the cast and you know chris rock i don't think we mentioned him he's, oh
0: chris yeah i was so, gonna he's embarrassing in this film i think like i felt bad for so? him i thought you do not think so
1: i mean dude i don't even remember I, I, like i remember him being in it but i don't remember anything about his character oh, okay. or any, anything he Did or whatever, but yeah, so please go on. (laughs) Well, no, I just, it was just like, remind me, yes. I
0: don't know, because I feel like he's, I don't know, he's been trying to kind of branch out, it seems like. Like he did Spiral, he did the most recent season of Fargo. Like it seems like he's pushing himself a little bit more as an actor. And I don't think either of them have been super successful. Obviously, Spiral was a disappointment as well. Um, and the most recent season of Fargo, I never even got around to finishing it. Um, Yeah, me either. Yeah. (laughs) But, like, I I admire the intent. Like, I I feel like he's at least trying to push himself. But, like, this film, like, I thought all of his scenes were kind of cringy. Like, he was just trying really hard to, like, make this character work. And the whole thing is just, like, he is just, like, telling people don't hang out with white people. And it's, like, that's the joke told 15 times. Uh, And, yeah, I just feel like he, I don't know, it it was just kind of like a deer in headlights kind of moment. It just seemed like he was just constantly, like, not sure what he was supposed to be doing. He was probably underdirected as a lot of these actors are unfortunately and uh yeah i don't know i just seem i just i just felt bad for him really i guess embarrassing is a strong word i just i guess i just felt bad for chris rock
1: right i mean you you want to see him do well it's great seeing him and you know yeah all these new kind of projects but like like what we're saying is none of them have been really panning out for the most part right so um yeah yeah i mean Fargo wanted wanted to watch it, really wanted to, but I don't know. Wasn't into it. Yeah. Couldn't did you watch the first series seasons at least? Yeah, I did. I really okay. I really enjoyed well, I enjoyed the first two. Season three okay. was I don't know. Oh, really? Okay. That was the one with uh you and McGregor, right?
0: Yeah, I liked season three fine. I it's definitely the weakest of the between right. of, of those three that you
1: mentioned. Right. But. I don't think it was bad. It just wasn't as good as the first two, that's for sure. Yeah. Um <clears throat> all right. Fair enough. Yeah. Uh
0: well, well oh, we didn't really talk about Taylor Swift, I guess, but did you have any thoughts on her performance cuz it's somewhat noteworthy?
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't want to say too much, but yeah, I mean, she was she was fine, I guess. Fair enough. I mean, I yeah. n- no opinion on her really. She was just she was Fair in enough. it. I f- I feel like that was like a big um, you know, maybe a selling point for some other people who don't usually see these right. kinds of movies. They're like, "Oh, Taylor Swift's in it? Sure. Let's do it." Yeah. But,
0: I yeah, I guess I just bring that up cuz like it's kind of fascinating to see ensemble pieces now at this point, because star power isn't what it was before. Uh, I mean, we're kind of getting to this point where, like, the only way star power can be really effective is if, like, you have a ton of stars all at once. Like, it's like the Don't Look Up effect, where it's just, like, it's, a, it's impressive when you get, like, this many stars in your movie at this point. It's, like, not just enough that you got, like, Christian Bale and Margot Robbie. It's, like, if you got, like, everybody. But I feel like, like, uh, the Taylor Swift addition was the one that seemed to capture most noticed. It's like this kind of thing with like, like Harry Styles being in um, Don't Worry, Darling. It's just like he's like a bankable name compared to everyone else because, like, you know, he has this innate Stan fan base who, like, you know, is going to actually go out to movies to see it. And I don't know if that's going to be the case with Taylor Swift based in the box office, but it was kind of one of those things where, you know, it's like, oh, okay, well, like this, you know, Taylor Swift's in the movie. Like maybe people will notice, younger people will notice, but. Doesn't seem to be a case for kind of obvious reasons, but
1: <laughs> uh, right.
0: alas, yeah. Um, I guess she can well, be all grateful that she's not getting the same ire that uh, Harry Styles is getting for Don't Worry Darling.
1: Right, right. Well, yeah, I mean, he had a, uh, I mean, he's like the star of that movie, right? Like Taylor Swift's just an ensemble yeah. cast member. So I mean, A cameo, basically. Right, exactly. You know, kind of like, because Harry Styles was in um, Dunkirk as well, right? It's like a tiny, yeah, but tiny like, role.
0: Like, but what can you really say about him and Dunkirk other than he's in it?
1: Right. Not, I don't, does he even have any lines He might have like a line or two or something? I think three. Right? I okay, think he has yeah, three so, lines in it. Exactly. So
0: one might have been what's going on with the war <laughs> or
1: I'm sick of right, the war. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I just feel like, I guess I'm comparing the two just cause it's like Taylor Swift has, you know, she had a, a slightly larger role, but it's like, you know, she was fine in this and Harry Styles was fine in Dunkirk, but it's like w- you throw her a leading role and she might just ruin the whole thing. <laughs> so, yeah, I
0: guess. Yeah. I guess maybe Taylor Swift is, uh, at least more self-aware in that respect. I mean, but she's really been struggling to get into like an Oscar prestige film. Cause you remember what her last performance was before this one? Uh, no, I don't, I don't remember. Well, I'll give you a hint. It was a certain, Major
1: Broadway musical. Ah, uh, ah, uh, yes. Cats. <laughs> yes, Cats. and Cats. <laughs> ah, fantastic. So,
0: well. Yeah, not really hitting uh, the home runs there uh, on the big screen, but.
1: No, but f- it seems like that one fought a lot of the, the cats that were somehow unfortunate enough to be put into that one. So, right. Yeah. I mean, I'd say,
0: by and large, probably Cats is more embarrassing than Amsterdam. Oh, hundred
1: percent for sure. But, sure. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've at
0: least uh, I seen mean, one of those yeah. movies,
1: so. Sure. Oh, you didn't see Cats? No. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. You didn't have a screening, so I didn't make it out. Fair enough. <laughs> uh, all
0: right. Yeah. I mean, that's, I guess that's my thoughts on Answer, Dan. Uh, did you have anything else?
1: Um, I did just, just looking at the cast again, real quick. I didn't want to touch on uh, Timothy Olymphins, like just his Oh, makeup. Timothy Oliphant,
0: yeah. Yes, I yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: I i I've been messing names up all day, I feel like, over here, but that's um,
0: a, I, I mean that's that's been my whole deal from on Cinemaholics since episode one, so what is I take no issue for fixing
1: names. No messing. I mess up everyone's names. Okay, perfect. So yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm just I'm right there with you then. Perfect. I'm fitting just in my first time here. There you go. Um, yeah,
0: you're getting you're, <laughs> you're getting right into the cinema formula. See, I can't even get exactly. the name of the podcast right.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's all <laughs> it's all good. Um, yeah, I just wanted to say, you know, he looked um, like the makeup and everything for his character, Well, and just makeup in general, I guess. Christian Bale and all the like, the war, the wounds from all the uh, soldiers and stuff. Like, I just feel like that you mm-hmm. know they did a good job of making it look you know, realistic and nasty. And like mm-hmm. just Timothy, uh, what is it again? His last name?
0: Timothy Oliphant. Yeah. Yeah. I'm assuming him. that's what it is. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yes. It works for me, you know, yeah. and t- unless if he corrects us, that's what we're saying for, from now on. So, um, sure. I, he looked just, you know, he, like they made him look really grimy and disgusting. Kind yeah. Of how like gnarly. Supposed to be. So I feel like, you know, he, he, mm-hmm. he stood out a bit. I mean, he wasn't in it too much, but yeah, I think just the way they made him look, he looked really, you know, menacing. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I take no fault with how the film looks, I'll say. Uh, though, I, I guess he I didn't mention that uh, Emmanuel Lubezki shot the film. Uh, you know, one of our most famous cinematographers. And I don't know. I mean, I generally like the way it looks. But I, I will say there was this weird sort of thing where a lot of the film had sort of these, like, static shots where, like, it would just kind of hold on the characters for a while in a way that I feel like Dale Russell's other movies, like, the camera is a little bit more, like free-flowing and there's some scenes like that in this film but it felt like compared to his other films the camera was a lot more content with being stationary and just kind of holding on the actors and i couldn't tell if that was like a covid thing like because you know like he has such a big cast and like all these different high-profile people if like scheduling only allowed people to be like there at certain times and if like with COVID, and like like there's gaps like he couldn't like I don't know, I'm not really sure what the the reason was there but I felt like that kind of sapped the energy of certain scenes not that it would have like saved the film but it just kind of highlighted I feel like how lacking and sort of energy
1: this movie could be. Right yeah and now um that you just said this cinematographer I didn't re- I was looking up all their stuff and wow yeah I mean it fits in with the rest of their resume like just the look of it and like you know it had like that A little bit like a, you know, it was a historical piece, but it was like the bleakness of it a bit, you know, like Children of Men and Gravity and Revenant. So like, yeah, I mean, yeah, nailed to the look of the film for sure. Sure. Definitely, definitely like that. Um, But yeah, I I get what you're saying. You know, yeah, it definitely was just um, the the flow wasn't quite there for sure.
0: And uh, a reunion. I just thought about this now between Manuel Mbeski and Mike Myers. Do you know why?
1: Uh, please <laughs> tell me.
0: I don't want to Emmanuel Lombeski shot the cat in the hat. No way. Yeah, he didn't. Yeah, Three-time Oscar-winning <laughs> cinematographer, Emmanuel Lombeski shot the cat in the hat. If you want to hear more about that, listen to the second season of Ain't Ogre Till it's Ogre.
1: Oh, my God. Look at that. There Perfect you go. Perfect little plug right there. There
0: we go. It's all connected. Uh, yeah, there we go. Connected in a way that this movie is not. So, <laughs> there we go. I think that's a good button to end our conversation on this film, but, but not before we play the Rotten Tomatoes game. So, Oh boy. You've seen, I guess the score at some point, but not recently. Is that what you were saying before we recorded? I did.
1: I did Google Amsterdam Rotten Tomatoes at Uh, one point a few days ago. So it may have changed since then.
0: Okay. Well, I'm looking it up now. It's based on 171 reviews. What do you think uh is
1: the score on rotten tomatoes right now? All right. Um I'm gonna say thirty-three percent. Very, very close. It is. You,
0: oh, okay, actually I'll let you guess. Do you think it's one below or one above?
1: Uh one above.
0: Yep, you can hit it right on the head. It's thirty four percent.
1: Wow, look at that.
0: Yeah. That's I noticed not a great
1: yeah, I mean I think probably
0: David o. Russell's first rotten, I have to imagine. Because like a lot of his other movies have gotten like ninety, eighty percent. I think even Joy had like sixty something percent. This is definitely a new low for the filmmaker and uh maybe not an unwarranted one. But uh do you want to guess the audience score? Just to mix up a little bit.
1: Uh sure. Let's say um, you know what? I'm thinking the audience probably liked it a little bit more. Uh so let's, you know what? Let's give it a 60.
0: All right. Yeah, you're actually extremely close. Do you want to guess a little bit higher, or a little bit lower?
1: Um, Let's go a little bit lower. 59? Yes.
0: Ah, you should have guessed higher. It was 61. Dang it. Very, very close. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you have a knack for this. You're already, uh, you know, first time playing, you're already
1: better at this than I am. So, right. Kudos well, like I guess I, I kind of cheated a bit. So it's not 100% fair. I but. mean, you didn't know the audience score, right? Um, it was probably right next to the critic uh, score, so you know I may have seen it, and I may also have a slightly a photographic memory. No, I'm just kidding. Hmm. But uh, yeah, no, I. Well, either way, I was close. Yeah. Do you know about Cinema Score? Uh, yeah, I do. You know Cinema Score this well? One? No, if you want, know, it's, it's up to you. No, I don't know it. So yeah, I'll tell you. I have no idea what this is. So okay, this is a pure no, guess. So yeah, is is cinema score is this just critics or is this like a whole is this like the IMDB rating where it's like anybody can rate it?
0: So Cinema Score is uh based solely in Las Vegas and they pull uh I don't know how many audiences, I'm assuming one, like a test audience that sees the film, kind of similar to like the, the type of audience that we saw Amsterdam with, and they're just like, What grade do you give this film A to F? And whatever the average score of that would be is what they give the cinema score. It's a sort okay. of weird arbitrary thing. I don't know why it matters, but it's every time <laughs> like there's box office or whatever for a film, they always refer, uh, always refer to the cinema score as like what audiences are feeling because those audiences in Las Vegas represent the nation at large.
1: So. Yes, as they do. And I mean, as yeah. not, not that we're in Vegas seeing these movies, but as we know for these screens, I feel like people there love these movies just probably because they're seeing them for free exactly yeah and it's you know it's it's not a it's not a fair metric i would say but either not uh (laughs) either way so this is an a to f rating for this for this movie uh the cinema score for this there minuses and pluses or no
0: yeah you can uh, it could be anything from a flat a to a flat f but there's always like a min or yeah a minus b plus b minus c plus c minus etc etc I'll, I'll give it a C minus. C minus. All right. Not quite on the ball with that one, unfortunately. Do you that want to think a, it's yeah. higher or lower? All right. Um, probably higher. Like, All like right. a B. You, that's exactly right. It's a B, which is also lower than, I guess, uh, your average David Russell movie gets. I'm looking it up. Most of his other movies have gotten between an A minus or a B plus. Like, The Fire got an A minus... Uh, I think three Kings got a B as well, but like flirting with disaster, I forgot to mention that one at the top, uh, got a B plus, uh, I believe, uh, silver Lions playbook also got around an A. So, you know, it seems like critics are, you know, more often not more receptive to his films or yeah. Critics and also cinema score, but yeah, this one just didn't quite do it for anybody. And the box office has also been pretty dire. I think it made less than $8 on uh, its opening weekend. And the budget is like $80 million, So,
1: not great. Nope. <laughs> so, that, yeah, yeah, David Russell around. will be casting um, uh, the, you know, this many stars in his next film.
0: Maybe not. Maybe not. We'll have to wait and see, though. If he gets in the next film. I don't know. But that's uh, a conversation for another day. Uh, Mike, thank you so much for joining me. I really appreciate you coming on. And make your podcast debut on Cinemaholics.
1: Yes, of course. Thank you so much for having me. It was a blast.
0: Yeah, I'm glad we could do this. Um, so generally, what we do to wrap up the episode, I, uh, for some reason, we always say like from the internet blank. But we're both from Pennsylvania, so it's up to you. We can just say bye, or we can do that. Whatever you feel.
1: Hold on what what are what are our options here?
0: Oh, so all I just like generally because he's from California, so he'll be like from the internet California. I'm John. And I'll say from the internet, Pennsylvania. I'm well, but since we're both in Pennsylvania, I don't know if it, it would just be kind of weird. So we could just kind of end it. What,
1: are, what do you feel? So what I would just say, like from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. I'm Mike, and then that's you would what we want to do. Let's let's do it. All right. Should we do, do it. Sa- should we do it the same? Should we do it the same time though?
0: Yes, I agree. I think that's what we should do. My lights <laughs> on right now. All right. Um. So let's. Yeah. Three, two, one. Internet, Pennsylvania.
1: All right. No, we're saying three, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania.
0: Oh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Three, three, two, two, one, one from From the
1: internet. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. We'll do it one more time.
1: We rehearsed this.
0: Oh man. Uh, right. Three, two, one from From Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania, I'm Mike. I'm Mike. I'm Will. (laughs) You're Will. (laughs) Whatever. I think that's it. We're done. (laughs) Bye everybody.
1: Oh, man. Bye, everybody. Love you.